It has been a great mission here, and now in the month of October, we continue on our new missions here. Last uh, weekend, <coughs> we presented to you the budget much earlier. much more effective, much more life transformation <coughs> than the budget that the Prime Minister has recently presented. <laughs> You're wondering why I thought so slowly, yeah? <coughs> and uh, we thank the Lord even for your giving. This is uh, missions last year. The pledge amount was 2.9 million, and the amount that came in is about 2.7. That's about 90% fulfillment, and every single dollar counts. Every one of you who have given unto the Lord, don't say, oh, this is insignificant. Oh, this will not make any difference. It does. And because of your giving, we are able to reach out to the nations, including Malaysia. You know, in fact, one of our biggest budget, if you look at the booklet here, goes towards the Orang Asli work. We have many, many OA work, you know, reaching out to the natives, and they, they need definitely our support. And uh, so you find that uh, we have been giving and giving, and so last year, all right, our giving exceeded our collection by 679,000. So we have eaten into our reserve fund or into the accumulated funds, and it's very, very low right now. But we continue to trust the Lord. Our theme for this year is Beyond Your World. And this is the budget, all right? 463,000 from the Chinese church and 2.9 million from the English you know, reaching a total of 3.363. And what is the amount that we have collected or the amount that has been pledged even from last weekend, just one weekend, Saturday and Sunday. From the Chinese, the amount pledged is 509,000. They have already exceeded the budget. All right, and from the Tamil, 19,380. And from the English church, 1.664 million ringgit, giving us a total of 2,193,341 cents. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Praise the Lord. Now that is just from one weekend. One weekend of, uh, of missions uh, collection or pledges, you know. And uh, we thank the Lord for each and every one of you who are participating, who have participated and are continuing to do so, you know. But as you can see, the amount is still short, far short of the budget that we really need to continue on supporting the various works that we are in. So the, uh, the budget is 3.3 million, but we now have about 2.2. So there is about more than a million dollar difference. Now, we are trusting the Lord, all right, and uh, this is God's work. God's work, as, uh, as, as, as somebody has said, God's work done in God's way will never let God's supply all right and so if the lord is touching you you know to give and to uh, 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 increase even the amount that you have pledged unto the lord last week we do encourage you to do so all right and uh, as you can see last year we gave out 3. 3, about 3.2 million 
So in order to really con to, con to continue to make an impact in the nations, we really urge you to just uh, support, uh, uh, give your financial support even in the areas of missions. All right? Missions is basically that we are blessed in order to be a blessing to the nations. Missions all started with the call of Abraham. When God says you will bless him and make him a blessing to the nations. That's the Abrahamic call and it extends to each and every one of us. And so at the end of the service, we will give you an opportunity to continue to just uh, uh, be involved in missions in the area of your giving. I think Pastor Michael have just now asked you all to just, uh, those who, who have missed the booklet and also the missions card, you know, ask, ask and see what the Lord would have you to do, all right? Now, you just uh, hold on, on the, to your missions card first and uh, even right now, not just for those who have already given, all right, but uh, yeah, even this message, you just, 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 just prepare and just ask the Lord to just speak to you how you can be involved in the areas of missions. Now this morning, I'd like to share on a parable of Jesus Christ. It is a parable that we are so familiar with. And preaching from a familiar text sometimes, you know, is one of the most difficult things to do. That's why I have hardly preached from this text because it is so familiar that many of us, the moment you hear it, you tune it off already. Alright? Now, don't tune me off yet. Alright, don't tune me off because sometimes, although it is a familiar passage of Scripture, it is a very revolutionary text. So revolutionary that it is one of the most popular, if not the, mo the most popular parables of Jesus Christ. And I'm talking about the Good Samaritan. The parable of the Good Samaritan found in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to verse 37. How many of you don't know about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Right. Almost everyone knows. We, we have heard it, you know, and uh, we have seen it, and uh, even the world uses the term Good Samaritan for somebody who does good to another person. But let's read from the text. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. The encounter of uh, Jesus Christ with a lawyer who wanted to know you know, uh, uh, who asked the most important question in life. Do you know what is the most important question in life? It's not how much money I can make. It's not where to go for vacation. It's not who I will get married to. The most important question, and the lawyer got that right. He said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do? To inherit eternal life. That's the most important question in life. And Jesus gave the answer. And then after that, he tried to be smart, you know, and uh, tried to find a loophole in the law and ask, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied in verse 30, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed 
up by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound out his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think? proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers. He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So here is a parable. And as in any parables, there is a shocking element. The parable, the, the setting of the parable is familiar enough. It happened. A man got beaten up on the road. And the shocking element in this parable is the one who is supposed to help him did not help him. And the one who is most unlikely to help is the one who helped. There's a shocking element there. And that is said in the New Testament setting. And from this parable, I'd like to share on beyond, reaching the Jericho Road people. Our theme is beyond your world. And we continue on to press and believe God to take us beyond, reaching the Jericho Road people. The, the parable was said in the, in the New Testament setting, that is about 2,000 years old. But it can happen in our setting as well. The new good Samaritan. It may go something like this. A Christian went down to Chowkit Road and ministered to the poor and he got beaten up. Then the pastor came along, saw him lying on the road and walked by on the other side. And then another minister from the largest church in Kuala Lumpur came by, saw him there, patted him on the back and said, God bless you, and walked away. And then came a third person, a Muslim guy, who saw him lying there, took him into, put him into his kanchil, and took him to the general hospital, took him to the emergency room, and asked the people to take care of him, leave his contact number, and said, I will cover every of his expenses. It could be a Muslim, it could be a homosexual, it could be somebody who is the most unlikely to help step in. But here we have Jericho Road. Now, in early Israel, Jericho and Jerusalem are very important places. And Jerusalem is about 2,300 feet above sea level. And Jericho is about 800 feet below sea level. So the difference in elevation is about 3,200 feet. It's very steep. Jericho known as all as a city of palm trees, known as all as a city of destruction. 
Jerusalem is a city of peace. Jericho is a city of destruction. And a man, the Bible tells us, he was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Leaving the city of peace, going down to the city of destruction. That's the path that mankind has taken. Since the days of Adam in the Garden of Eden. So Jericho is actually the lowest city in the world. You can see the terrain there. How many of you have been to Jerusalem? Alright, quite a number of you. How have you have been to Israel? But when you journey there, you do not know the height difference, the elevation difference. You find that uh, Jerusalem, oh, it's kind of dark over here, you can't see. Okay, let me point over here. Alright, Jerusalem is here. It's actually located about 2,300 feet above sea level. It's, it's, it's on a highland. It's almost like Genting Highlands. That's why so many people like Jerusalem. But Jericho is located in the lowland, just northeast of the Dead Sea. So you find that the, the, the elevation, there's, there's a stark contrast in the elevation there. To help us to see clearer, you find that Jerusalem is located on the highland. Jericho is on the lowland. A difference of 3,200 feet. And the way from Jerusalem to Jericho, they do not have highways as we have nowadays. But it is along very treacherous, mountainous terrain. And there, bandits and robbers can hide anywhere. And this is a very dangerous road. Most people will not travel by themselves. And even if they travel, they will hire, you know, a local people there to just uh, be the protectors, be the guide. And so it was there that this man was beaten up and left lying there dead. But the Bible says, but a Samaritan came along. Today, there are many people along that Jericho Road. What is this Jericho Road? It is where there is suffering. It is where there is pain. It is where there is loss. It is where there is fear. It is where there is a loss of dignity, even in life. All the oppression, all the theft, all the, all the murders, all the killing. That's the Jericho Road. And it is not just out there in Israel. We have many people who are on Jericho Road in pain, in suffering. Nobody to care for them. Nobody to bother about them. Nobody to look out for them. The Jericho Road Maybe that border between Laos and Vietnam. They hated one another, just like the Jews and the Samaritans hated one another. The Jericho Road. Maybe that elderly woman who is taking care of the husband for 17 years, stricken by stroke and the results of it. 
the Jericho Road. Oh, we all have traveled there. And many people are still down there at the Jericho Road. How can we reach them? The first thing is to go beyond seeing. Beyond seeing. You see, restoration is more than just seeing. Bible says, a certain priest, in verse 31, when he saw him, yeah, the priest saw the man. A Levite. Now, the priest saw the man, and he walked by the other side. Avoided. A Levite. This Levite, he did better. He saw the man. He, he actually came and looked on him. He got nearer. He saw the man. He looked on him. That means, you know, he, he drew near to him. But after that, he did nothing. He also walked away. But a Samaritan came. And that's the catch. A Samaritan came. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. You see, all three of them saw the man. But only the Samaritan really, really, really saw what is going on. Really, really felt the need of that man. And in life, along the road of Jericho, we may see, and yet we do not see. For whatever reason it may be. But only the Samaritan really saw. And the difference is, he had compassion. The Samaritan didn't see anything, the other two didn't. But he felt something. They did not. He had compassion. He had pity on the man. So it takes us to go beyond seeing. The actions of the priest and the Levite are the same in the Greek language. They pass by. They pass by on the other side. They cross the other way. Now, we are not sure, but you find that in the Greek, they actually, it actually says that the Greek word is they pass by means they go the opposite way. So it is not that they came and then they just passed by on the other side. It is more likely they came, they saw, and they passed by the, other side, uh, the opposite way. That means they turned back. They turned back. They did not even get close. The Levite got closer, but after that, they went the other way to avoid any kind of involvement at all. And the word pass by appears nowhere else in the Bible, only of this Levite and of this priest. Religious people who were supposed to help. But look at the Greek. Uh, uh, look at the Greek for the Samaritan. The Bible says, "A Samaritan, as he journeyed, he was going somewhere. He has an important uh, uh, appointment to keep. It was deliberate. It was purposeful. As he came, he came to where, where he was. As he journeyed, he came where he was. And the and the phrase came where he was. That means." That man wasn't even in his way. 
but he deliberately crossed over the road in a sense to where the guy was. It was intentional. It was purposeful. It was out of his way. And yet he came to look at the wounded victim who was not initially in the Samaritan's path. He made a conscious, conscious choice to aid him. Gustavo Guterres, the one who has, you know, who is popular, who, who, is, who is known for liberation theology, he said, the neighbor is not the one whom I find in my path, but rather the one in whose path I place myself, the one whom I approach and actively seek. We have to go beyond seeing in order to actively seek even for those who are lost, who are wounded. And that's why we go for missions. That's why these team members actively seek out the lost in the nations. Make that journey. Go beyond your world. For many of us, even those along our way, we have not reached out to them. But for the Samaritan woman, he went beyond his world. He crossed to the other side. That's what God has called us to do. A Reader's Digest posed a question uh, 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 in the Reader's Digest at one time, posed a question, what has six eyes and cannot see? And they give a prize for the best answer. What has six eyes and cannot see? And the one that won the prize for the Reader's Digest is, do you all know the answer or not? What has six eyes and cannot see? The one that has the best answer and won the prize is three men. Three men in a house with dirty laundry all over and floors that are unclean, and a sink that are full of dirty dishes, three men, six eyes, and they cannot see you. <laughs> the ladies, I, I only hear the laughter from the ladies. <laughs> but it's true, sometimes it's there. They say, the elephant in the room, we cannot see the elephant in the room. So brothers and sisters, to go beyond, step one is open our eyes. To the 65% in Malaysia, we have neglected. And to the many along the Jericho Road. In fact, many of the nations that we are focusing are the 1040 window, where the majority of them are our cousins, our neighbours. We have to go beyond neighborhood as well. A compassion that reaches beyond race and religion. In this country, race and religion has been played up. It is sickening and it is dangerous. But beyond neighborhood, the lawyer asks, who is my neighbor? He has a very limited and narrow concept of neighborliness. And Jesus had to take him out and take us out 
from our concept of neighborhood. Jesus simply says he was a certain man. For many of the Jewish people in his in in that time, the idea of neighbor extended only to Jews. They have nothing to do with the Gentiles. They felt no obligation at all to be kind, to be good, even to the Gentiles. The Jews hated the Samaritans. They do not consider the Samaritans as Jewish. But actually, Samaritans have Jewish descendants as well. But you find that the two hated one another. But when the Samaritan looked at this Jewish man, although the Bible says a certain man, but it's assumed that that certain man that was beaten up was a Jew. He did not see race, he did not see color, he did not see social status, religious affiliation, or potential to be a blessing to him. He saw only a human in need. We call this parable the parable of the Good Samaritan. But Samaritan is not just a nationality. He was, he was called a parable of the Good Samaritan not because of nationality or race or color, but because of his compassion. The priests and the Levite, religious people, trained in the Word of God because of a different skin color would leave the man dying there. And sometimes religion can be cruel. Religion can leave a man dying there and do nothing about it. Jericho Road people in our midst. Are you willing to walk down that Jericho Road to help someone? Look beyond race, religious belief, sexual preference, attitude, smell, dress, job, housing, education, offenses, drugs, everything else. The human need is very deep. We thank God for those people, our people who are willing to go to the nations. It shows that they are beyond race and religion. And some of these places are really like Jericho Road. But don't be scared for those of you who are thinking to go of missions. It's not all like Jericho Road in the picture that I've seen. Some of them at least got the Samaritan in there. All right, they have nice, uh, at least comfortable, decent hotels that you can stay. But the very fact that you are willing to go shows that, praise God, we are above race or religion. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Your understanding of neighborhood must not be limited. So, step number two to go beyond is to open your heart. Towards those who may not talk like you, speak like you, dress like you, smell like you, vote like you. There are people who are very different from us. 
And only those people who have gone off on missions, their heart will be extended. They begin to see there's a world out there and there are needs to be met. The third area is beyond rhetoric. How do we reach the Jericho Road people? We have to go beyond rhetoric. Resources, not just words. Resources, save and change, and change this man's life. Now we always wonder why. Why didn't the priest and the Levites stop to help? It may be because of the race. He's a, it may be because of their business. It may be because of their lack of resources. They could have come to the man and they saw the need and they begin to wrestle within themselves. How can I help this person? I have only one donkey. But the Samaritan, I believe, he has the resources. He has the resources to help. In fact, we have all the resources we need to live fully and to love completely. You look at this Samaritan. He has a donkey. The other two, we are not sure whether they were walking or riding on the donkey. And he has medicine. He has money. And he was going somewhere. In all likelihood, he has the resources. Perhaps the other two did not have the resources. And do you know that this is a picture of the abundant life that God intends and has given to every believer? We have the resources to live a full and a complete life. Somebody say, Amen. You have the resource. But it does not matter how many resources you have. If you don't know how to use them, it will never be enough. You catch the irony of this picture? He wants to look over the wall, perhaps to climb over the wall. And he has so many ladders, but he don't know how to use the ladder. He stacked them up on each other and still cannot get over the wall. We have the resources in the church, in our hands, in our life. But how are you using the resources? That's a different matter. But a certain Samaritan, he came, he saw, he had compassion, he bound out his wounds, he poured oil, he, he put him on his beast, he brought him to an inn, he took care of him, he even paid his extra expenses. Look at the action verb there. He utilized every single resources that he has to help that man. In fact, he's just too good to be true. For Samaritan, he gave of his resources. You see, giving is always a choice. It is always a choice 
and we must make that choice to give of our resources. He gave of his heart. Bible says he had compassion. The word that expression knows is my or the movement of the bowel. He was he had compassion. The word compassion. Other translations use the word pity. He had pity on that man. In other words, there was a movement of the bowel. That is, of course, Greek way of understanding emotions. He was deeply moved. Now, when you have a movement of the bowel, what do you do? You have to go. That's right. You have to go. Go means go. You cannot wait anymore. Otherwise, something will happen. And there was a movement of the bowel. He says it. It moved him. He had to do something. He gave his heart. Does not matter how inconvenient it may be. He gave of his talents as well. Most likely, this guy is a doctor. We don't know. He could be a doctor Samaritan. How come he got medicine? How come he got bandages? What is he doing? He, travelers, tourists do not normally carry, you know, bandages and oil and medicine and all that. But he had that with him. And so with that limited resources, at least, he treated him there and then. He bandaged him. Now, bandaging is not easy. When I had the knee operation, I tried to bandage myself. You know, the bandage doesn't look like a bandage at all. I have to learn it, how to bandage nicely, you know, and effectively. And this man bandaged him up. He used his talents. And we need talented people out there in the missions field. Doctors, nurses, teachers, engineers, architects, caregivers. He gave up his time as well. Oh, he, had, he, he was journeying. He was journeying to somewhere. He could have said, oh, I'm, I'm in a rush. But he took time. Forget about that appointment. I have to take care of this need. Bandage him. Put him on his donkey. His use his transportation as well to transport this man to the nearest inn. And lastly, he gave off his treasure. He paid two denarii, which is actually two days' wages. Two days' wages. Enough for maybe just two nights' stay or three nights' stay. And he told the innkeeper, whatever extra expenses, when I come back, I will pay you. Can you imagine a Samaritan signing a blank check for his enemy? That was unthinkable, impossible. But he was willing to sign a blank check. A blank check. That's what basically it was. He gave of his treasure. These are the resources that God has given to us and we are called to be stewards. He gave of his financial resources to help a fellow human being. 
the Jericho Road people, are those people who will cost time and money. You go to Pakistan, you don't go to Bangladesh, you go to India. The poverty that you witness there will cause a movement of the bowel. And it will cost us time and money. Why do we have to invest in those people? What do we hope to get out of them? Nothing. Except that they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it will cost us. Missions is not cheap. It costs Jesus Christ, His very own life. But that's what it entails. Reaching beyond our world, expanding our circle, will cost us time and money. And because of that, many times we shrink back because we are afraid to help people. We think that we don't have enough resources and means. Perhaps the Levite and the priest thought that way, but not the Samaritan. He's willing to expand himself. To release of his resources. Even to help somebody. What certain parts of the world needs is more money. That seems to be very clear and obvious. But what I'm talking about is our pastors out there. Our missionaries out there. It is just like Winston Churchill during the Second World War who, who called out to America and says, give us the resources, give us the tools and we will finish the job. In fact, many of these nations, they don't need us to go there. They can do the job themselves right now in a new missions field. It's not like missions in the 19th century. We are talking about the 21st century. They need just more money. Pastors who have to walk for hours, miles in order to reach the next village. Pastors who survive on just three US dollars a day. In his book, Revolutions in Mission, K.P. Yohanan says, or gave a testimony of a missionary out there. He doesn't have much financial support, but he wanted to reach the village. But in that village, nobody reads. They are illiterate, so he cannot just give them the Bible or books. <clears throat> so he wanted to show them movies of Jesus Christ and the story of Jesus but he doesn't have a projector. And you know what he did? Every week he would go to the hospital. And they would take a pint of blood out from him. He would sell his blood. He sold his blood, collected enough money to buy a projector in order to reach the village. Are you willing to sell your blood? Give up your blood even? If we equip them 
our money will go a long, long way. Now, of course, we do it wisely. All right, we don't simply throw money out there. All right, we do it wisely. We help. Question is, did your money do anything for anybody? We have the financial resources, but did your money do anything for anybody or is it just all for yourself? Resources, heart, talent, time, treasure, you have what it takes. God has blessed us in this area and we are to be stewards, stewards of God, using our resources for the glory of God. What are our attitudes towards our personal resources? Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, what do you have that you have not received? In other words, everything that we have, we have received from the Lord and we are to be stewards, good stewards. We do not own these things. We have received and He has entrusted it to us to manage it. That's all. But when we look at the people along Jericho Road, we wonder, what can I do? I cannot be helping everybody. God does not expect us to help everybody. But He will send those people along our way. And God does not expect you to give what you do not have. He has entrusted us. He has blessed us. He has given us the resources. And He does not expect us to give what you do not have. But it's rather what He has blessed and given to us. So what is generosity? It's loving people with our resources. We have the resources. We have the means to reach out. It's just a matter of attitude. If we are generous, we are love people, even with our resources. So step three is open your hands. Open your hands. Release those resources. Let the Lord use you in the area of your time, your talent, and your treasure with your heart in it. The end of the story, when, the man, when Jesus asked, and who is a neighbor to this man in need? Everybody knows the answer. It was the Samaritan. And the answer, the reply of Jesus is, go and do likewise. Let's go and do likewise. So beyond reaching the Jericho Road people, it is beyond sea. May we pray, open my eyes, Lord. Beyond your neighborhood, open our hearts, O oh God. And beyond rhetoric, using our resources, open our hands, dear Lord. Let's pray.